finishes him. How about that? One. What a hit. Falls free on the ground. South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Way to the end zone, and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Welcome back to Serial Bowls. Patrick, how are we doing? Pretty great. Good first weekend of football. Everyone needs to chill out a little bit. Everyone needs to relax. Calm down. I'm going to overreact even harder. The overreactions got a little out of hand. People already whining about the quality of play of games like they've never experienced a week one ever in college football. Let's just simmer down a little bit, people. Yeah. All right, let's get – there's one quick piece of news. The USC starting offensive lineman Gino Quinones has suffered a season-ending lower leg injury. That stinks. Um, it's not great. Uh, obviously, you never want to see anyone get hurt uh, on the field for USC. Um, that was a big problem when Riley came in was depth along both lines. Um, I can't say I'm super up on who the backup is going to be. Uh, and how highly they're rated or if it's a transfer or what have you. But anytime you lose a starting lineman this early in the year before you faced anyone of note, it's not good. Yeah, especially predicting Caleb Williams. Not gonna, it's going to be interesting. Yep. He's he's a quick enough quarterback to get out of situations, but you got to protect your quarterback. Yeah, putting yourself behind the eight ball a bit there. All right, let's get to it. Week one recap. Colorado 45, TCU 42. Um, Patrick, have you started engraving the national championship for Colorado yet? Because I have. You have? That's great. Yeah. yeah they're dude. like Travis Hunter's winning the Heisman. Next show, Hayotani uh, of the yeah. sport. Sanders um, is going to throw for 510. Deion um, Sanders, greatest coach of all time. Yeah, he he just had a he just had a hype mount. He told y'all. Um I think you believe. No, do you believe? I mean, I don't believe, and so Dion's going to kick me out of his press conference. Um, I, I, I guess, um, yeah. I mean, okay. Let, let 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 me start from the top here. I did not expect this to happen. I was very surprised. I, I this think happened. you and I were both on the same page of Colorado was going to compete very well in this game because you and I both know that TCU's roster is depleted of that national title team. Um, so Colorado's feisty enough, I think, to. Keep up. We did not expect them to outright win and roll no. over offensively. I mean, yeah, the spread was was twenty one and a half or twenty and a half points for for TCU. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to turn this into like a what's your ice cold parlay lock of the century, mm-hmm. and then talk about bad beats constantly. But I mean, like flat out, this was a very surprising result. Like when the spread is that big, like Vegas does know something. It's more about kind of like. The quality of the team is kind of how you expect the game to go. And, I mean, I, I, I thought Colorado was going to keep it close, like we said, but the, their ability to win this game was very surprising. Um, and and mm-hmm. what, I do, what I do think is interesting, and 
spoiler alert, uh, Clemson lost to Duke this yeah. weekend. Um, I haven't seen, and, and everything I've read about that game is like 10% how good Duke was and 90% like is Clemson dead. Um, mm-hmm. I have not, the, the percentage is Colorado is the greatest team of all time. They should be in the top 10. Um, they're going to make a, a new year six bowl. And I haven't seen anything about how badly TCU played in this game. Um, this step- TCU team played, uh, I don't, Kendall Bryles, the scumbag he is, and I'll say it, um, sucked. The game plan was awful. They like TCU looked like they did not, they did not prepare for this game at all. They took this game for granted. Like, Oh, we're playing Colorado. Okay. Like it just, it wasn't great for them. Yeah. I mean, okay. So they dropped back to throw the ball 42 times. And, you know, granted part of that is because they were losing, um, 6.6 yards to drop back. They ran the ball 37 times, 7.1 yards to carry. Now I wasn't a math major in college, but, uh, 7.1 is bigger than 6.6. And everyone has known from inside the industry, like, Colorado, had, like Travis Hunter's awesome. They had some good receivers. Shadur Sanders was awesome. They got talent in the secondary. They, they, you know, they got, they got talent at the skill positions. Everyone has acknowledged that this offense, their offensive and defensive lines were bad. And so for TCU, just to not, just to seem to forget that fact, uh, when they had the ball, it, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to me. Um, it's, so, I, I was, I, I was somewhat surprised with Colorado's offensive line. Um, they Maybe actually okay. held up yeah. pretty well. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, three yards per carry, sack adjusted. Um, TCU got to the quarterback, four sacks, seven tackles for a loss. I don't think Colorado's offensive line was that impressive in this game. Yeah. But they still scored 45 effing points. I mean, that's a credit yeah. to Sean Lewis, the former head coach at Kent State, um, who came down here and really got this offense going. Uh, and, it, and it is, it, as annoying as I find the guy, a credit to Sanders for getting those kids there and getting them all playing together. Someone made a really good point. This roster has, what, 860, 70, 80 transfers? They only had one procedure penalty the whole game. That's good coaching. That, 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 that is very, very good coaching. And, and, and give credit where credit's due. This win for Colorado was mo- monumental for the program. Um, yeah. They only won one game last year and they've already won one and it was against the runner up to the national title game. And that's something that shouldn't be overlooked. But the the commentary outside of this game is something that needs to be cooled off. Um we'll find out this week, weekend, when they're playing a much better defense in Nebraska that um will not let you do anything up the gut. And, um, a, and a team that can't really, I mean, I don't know if you watched any of that Nebraska Minnesota game last weekend, that team yeah. can't throw the ball. They want to run the ball right, right down yeah. your throat. So, and I, I, I do, this Colorado I do defense is very, very suspect to me. It is very, very suspect. I mean, outside of Travis Hunter, that side of the field is locked down. But if you throw in the opposite side of the field and you run it up the middle, you're going to get the chains moving pretty easily. Yeah, and then I mean to be fair, and then I, I have uh, I mean TCU missed twenty two tackles, they allowed yeah, over fifty two percent of the yards uh, Colorado got through the air were after the catch. Um, TCU didn't seem interested in tackling. Um, Their play calling was just so questionable too. That, that it, one drive where Travis Hunter had that amazing interception. Yeah, they were running the ball effectively down the field, and once they got the red zone, they're like, oh, "You know what, Chandler, throw it, throw it, throw it yeah, over there real let's, quick. Let's throw it at the five star." Um, yeah, it, yeah, it, just kind of a baffling game from from TCU. But I mean, granted, 
a couple things go differently. TCU wins this game by a touchdown to 10 points. I'd still, I still come out of this game impressed with Colorado. Um, maybe not as impressed as everyone else is. Uh, yeah. seems to be, but 22, 20, 22. Yeah. Oh. yeah. One behind yeah. the team that dismantled a top 10 team. What? Yeah. Okay. So, sometimes I'm like, you know, we, the overreactions are fine. Um, too often we're just like, well, I ranked, you know, Stanford 24th in August. So you, you really got to show to me that I was wrong. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I'm like, well, but yeah, I, I, it, it seems like an overreaction to me, but you know, it, someone, it's week one. someone in the AP poll, I think it's like Audrey Dahlgren or something. It was her name ranks Colorado 11th. That is <laughs> what, what are you ooh, doing? Baby. Yeah. Um, all right. Our other overreaction game of the week here. Um, maybe a little more impressive. Florida State 45, uh, LSU 24. This game was, I mean, it was, LSU was winning at halftime. This is a very good game. And then Florida State just kind of hit the afterburners. And, um, and how much did you love seeing Brian Kelly get smacked down this game? Um, it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, cause all I've heard is, oh, LSU just really, you know, the, the quality of kid that's down here. Oh, they really care about football so much. Uh, a couple days after losing the number one recruit in the state to Texas A&M, um, he goes out and gets uh, – they come out flat. They just get smacks in the mouth. There's coaching mistakes. Uh, they fumbled another punt after doing it twice last year. Um, Harold Perkins was playing in the middle of the line. I don't uh, get that move at all, man. The first, the first play of the game – LSU gets a a wheel route, I believe, maybe more of a swing, and they go a zillion yards down the field. 55 yards to the Florida State 20. You're like, damn, LSU did not come to play. Boom, 15-yard pass, we're down to the five. First and goal at the five, you know, it's like, okay, first and goal at the five, Florida State is on their heels. LSU comes out of that drive with zero points. Yeah. Um. This like this game was Florida State. I think played very very well in this game. Obviously, they they just turned the afterburners on the second half. But I, I think the LSU. There was a lot of ineptitude from Brian Kelly and the Tigers in this game. But I don't think that this is going to be a issue down the line for them. Um, they were missing a lot of their running backs in this game. John yeah. Emery, Amari Goodwin, Logan Diggs. That's very fixable. The mistakes are fixable. The cornerbacks, however, they lost their top three from last year, and they tried to mask it with playing man way less. Um, but Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson still ate. That, that's something that cannot be fixable, I think, and that's going to be a weakness for this Tiger defense. But I think they'll be okay. I mean, the Tigers are the more talented team than probably nine of the final 11 teams, minus Bama and maybe A&M. So I feel like an Oregon-like season is possible for this team, but – I did like not having Mason Smith probably didn't matter that much. Um, yeah, they were still getting, they were still like busting out the counter plays a lot. Yeah, they were still getting pressure on them. So, I mean, sure, having Mason Smith would have been great, but like you said, that that doesn't change uh, the offensive play calling, frankly, and and the mistakes. Yeah, um, they dropped the punt, and then it could have been worse. But then Jordan Travis threw, I mean, a horrific interception on a screen. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so that I mean, was really bad. This could have been even worse. Um, um, to, to your point about LSU playing well against the counter, which they did fantastically, I, I was actually on the other side of that very impressed with how Norvell adjusted to that in the game. Like Mika, uh, Mikai Wingo was just wreaking havoc yep. early in the run plays. Um, but Nor- Norvell did something with the offensive line to tweak that kind of play, and they were able to get about 80 yards out of the 135 on the ground in the final quarter, which to me is like a really good sign to keep up with the big boys, the big SEC teams, like that kind of mentality and that able, ability to adjust shows that you have that talent on your roster to do so. Um, <clears throat> but it's Florida, like Florida state is that other team that we're overreacting about because they should be, you know, who was it? Um, McMurphy ranked them number one. Yeah, um, relax. They're a good team. They're a great team. Um, I don't. They're they're going to slip up. It's the it's an ACC team. They're going to slip up. And I, I mean, again, it, it's it's this thing where it's like, yes, they played well, but LSU did them a lot of favors. Um, yes, and so it, it's just really. I mean, I know it's week one. We've been starving for it. And you know, our, our first question comes from our friend Nick. He says, after week one, which team are people overreacting to the most? Um, and I think it's easy to say Colorado because that's sort of broken contain into, I mean, they're talking about it on sports center, good morning America. And you know, everyone's talking about Dion, 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 but I mean, 22, I do think that's a little high, but I mean, Florida state just rocketing up into the top five. Like you said, people ruining them number one. Um, that's, that's crazy to me. Like we saw what these teams were last year. And I and I think we we said it in our preview that LSU is is a good team, but they are just a little like last year was ahead of schedule. Yeah. And so to expect them to repeat last year, like, you know, line doesn't always go up in in, in a perfectly straight way. Um, it, it you know it, sometimes it, it's it's there there are bumps in the road. Um, so I just don't think LSU is at the level where they were ranked preseason. Um, this year, and I, I think they easily could be there next year, or even by the end of end of this year. But um, to expect this team just to step out um, right off the bus, blow Florida State out, and, and compete with Alabama and Georgia, um, I, I just think was always a little misguided to me. Yeah, um, I, I, I I'd probably agree with you about that. Um, but that's just the way this is with rankings. You know, you beat a yeah. top five team, you're going to get rocketed up there, um, especially if you're already in the top ten. Um, but to me, it, you you have the Florida State point out. It, it's Colorado is all the way overreaction for me. Like when I think when I think of overreaction, I'm not thinking about performance on the field. I'm thinking about everything that's going into the team, the coverage and all that. I mean, Monday morning or Tuesday morning, all morning it was Dion in Colorado on ESPN Radio. Um, the Athletics writing articles about how they think Dion could out help Fox Big Noon out class or outperform game day, which is yeah. delusional. Um, it's just, there's a lot of overreaction on that side. There's definitely overreaction with Florida state because uh, you and I both agree that they're going to get smoked by a team like Alabama or Ohio state. Um, I think they get smoked by fucking Clemson, to be honest with you. I mean, what, what, uh, they could, I, I, to be honest, I'm completely out on Clemson. I'm done. I'm done right, with them. Let, you know what? Let's, let, let, let's, let's, let's move right into that. Duke 28, Clemson seven. 
Um, our, our next question comes from our friend Marshall. He says, Dabo is 0-2 since his, uh, since his made our programming gods, name, image, and likeness quote. Um, <laughs> has the big guy turned his back on Clemson? Yeah, ever and, since he said that, yeah. I have like, to no. say, like, with the way their turnover luck's been going, it's kind of hard not to say yes. He, he he has abandoned. He has forsaken Dabo. He said something just like you would hear in the Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, my yeah. oh brother, man. This, um, this, this, this game should have been 28 to zero if it wasn't for a muffed putt by Calhoun on Duke that put him right in like the 20 yard line. They should be even more embarrassed than they are in this game. Yeah. This game is a little weird. It was very weird. Clemson probably didn't. It's weird because they simultaneously didn't deserve to lose by that much and also maybe deserve to lose by more. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they, they outgained in every offensive category yeah. against Duke, um, passing, rushing, everything. But whenever they got on like the 10 yard line and twice on the one yard line, they're like, oops, turnover. Se- and you're se- like, okay. Seven points out of five red zone trips. Um, yeah. That generally isn't repeatable. Like, no. If if you play this game again and Clemson got five trips to the red zone, they're probably scoring more than seven points. But that doesn't really excuse the kind of deeper issues here. Um, Club Nick had two hundred and nine yards passing. Uh oh. Yeah. What um, happened there, not buddy? Great. And he he like he like 40, the first quarter. It, and it wasn't like he dropped back 17 times. No. Through 43 passes, yeah. less than five yards of throw and a pick. And he looked he just 27 didn't com- QBR. He just Ugh. didn't look comfortable. Like he he missed like it, I, I we noticed it early on. We you know, in the group chat, we were going back and forth, and I was like, you know, he's not missing the throws badly. I was like, he's missing throws. Like it's a little high, it's a little behind the guy. And I was like, oh, he's I mean, this, he is basically a freshman, the five star or, or not. He is a freshman, um, I guess, el- eligibility wise. I mean, this is what his third start. So I didn't really expect him to come out there looking like Peyton Manning, but I was like, he's looking a little shaky. And then he never got out of that. And no, I I don't have any faith. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that hard yet. But it, Kate Klubnik is, I'm a little worried what they have offensively. Um they're <clears throat> look what D look what DJU did at Oregon State over the weekend. He had five yeah. total touchdowns. Um, and these these Clemson receivers, we talked about in the preview, and I was like, uh, you know, even though I, I had my doubts and my concerns in the back of my mind, I was like, there's going to be some guy who just bursts onto the scene and is like, oh, okay, they, there's their Mike Williams, there's their DeAndre Hopkins, there's their, I mean, hell, there's their yeah um, Hunter Renfro, but I didn't see it. I mean, um. It, I think this stems to um, Debo Sweeney's stubbornness to change with the times. Um, yep. I can't remember who said this, but they, they compared Debo Sweeney as like the BlackBerry CEO when the iPhone came out. Like, no, no, I can still compete with this. I still got this. Uh, you, solely recruiting in the high school is clearly not doing it for for him. Um with everyone dipping into the NIL and portal and receivers are everywhere. Um, yeah. Multiple Kent state receivers are at power fives right now, including Penn state, a, a team that mm-hmm. did very well on Saturday. 
Um, that was a guy, Dante Sivas. That's a guy that Notre Dame, I, as an Irish fan, I know we are after him, uh, yeah. as well as a lot of other top programs. Keon Coleman from, from Florida State. Uh, he was in the portal this year, but that's a Michigan State transfer. Um, you just got to, like, get with the times, man. <laughs> like, um, yeah, that's yeah. part of the reason they struggled. I, But on the flip side, um, their defense was still pretty good. Um, yeah, they're decent enough. They they did give up some big plays, which I which I think was the issue. Um, they they did have. Uh, I wouldn't say their defense is fine, and, and yeah. it's going to be a good Clemson defense. But I think the way that Duke played um, Monday night is more of a testament to them that they are that the way that Mike Elko has really built up the confidence and the competitive edge with the Blue Devils in the past two years is something that's really great. Um, Riley Leonard's a tough dude. When he broke that tackle and ran for a 44-yard score, that was very big time. Like he almost didn't even believe he was doing that. Um, yeah, Jack was more the running back, the the nail in the coffin touchdown. He beat multiple defenders and tackles on the outside. That gave him a two touchdown lead. Yeah, I mean, my and overwhelming then, feeling watching this game was that Notre Dame was going to beat both of these teams by 40. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Duke definitely, definitely won't give you any problems. Not at all. Yeah. Shipley for, for Clemson looked really good. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Um, Shipley always can, looks good. I like do you, him. Do you think he can play quarterback? <laughs> I might as well start thinking about it. Uh, Just yeah. run the triple option. Fuck it. Yeah. And and to your point, this was a bad matchup for Clemson in week one. I think Duke has had all summer to prepare for this. Um, they've been circling this for months and months and months. Elko is a very good defensive coach who was at Notre Dame, so he's faced Clemson multiple times. Um, and you just gotta, I don't know. Yeah. So it, it was a bad matchup. I mean, we're not going to learn anything else about Clemson until they play Florida state and yeah. week four, like they're going to beat Charleston Southern over the head and then they're going to kill Florida Atlantic. Yeah. And then, you know, we're, we're not going to know anything. I think what we might know, not from that Charleston Southern game. Um, but if club Nick fails to impress against Florida Atlantic, I think we've got problems here. Um, yeah, it's going to be not great, um, especially if he stays behind center at Florida State. But to me, yeah. in a perfect world, they do fine. They go against Florida State. They upset Florida State so we can shut up about them, and we're back to normal. We're back to complete normal. Yep. And then, like I said, they lose by 40 to Notre Dame. That's right. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that was – we had a lot of crazy results in week one. Um We'll get to a couple more of them here, but this one I think was the most stunning. Um, if you had, to, cause like, and maybe I, I think I would have been, I was shocked when Colorado won. Um, I'm not shocked that LSU kind of fell apart and Florida state ran by them. Um, but I am stunned that Clemson lost like this. I think this is my biggest surprise uh, of the week for sure. Yeah. Cause it was just like, they, they were, it was very jarring and surprising um, because they, every time I watched and looked up, Clemson's like on the five. I'm like, okay, they, they got this. And then just something dumb would happen, like two block field goals. And yeah. It just didn't, the ball didn't go their way in this game, but they also did not look good. But it was just, it, it was a very jarring score for a top 10 team to lose like that. Yeah. Like, and, it, and they've lost weird games before, but they've always been like over times, back and forth. Um, your starting quarterback is out with um, COVID or the, was it Kelly Bryant 
who got like speared in the side of the head against Syracuse and they lost on a Friday night. Um, but I do, I mean, we, this was pointed out last year when Notre Dame beat them, you know, you know, I got to tie this back to my Irish, um, Notre Dame whipped their ass physically, um, in a way that Clemson has not, that hasn't happened to Clemson in a playoff or not in a, in a very long time. And we, and I think maybe you're just like, well, Notre Dame always has a good offensive line, blah, blah, blah. It was on the road. You can't explain this one away. Um, no. And it's start. I mean, they've lost three of their last four and they've lost to Notre Dame, South Carolina and Duke. Um, those are three teams. They were head and shoulders above not too long ago. Yeah. Um, and Florida state, you see, that was another team that used to be easily head and shoulders above. Doesn't look like it's that way anymore. So Mm-mm. that is something I am going to monitor. Something else I'm monitoring Florida and the rest Oof. of the sec being Awful. Okay. They got take it easy. by Utah. Take it easy. I will never take it easy. Um, they <laughs> Florida got, is bad. Okay. They Florida got, is not good. The mistakes I saw in this game from Florida, whether it was cover, coverage breakdowns, turnovers, uh, really poorly timed penalties, um, the punt returner wearing the same number as somebody else on the punt team. That is stuff you can excuse maybe for a first time, first year, first game head coach. This is not Billy Napier's first rodeo. This is his second season at Florida. Um, against <clears throat> this isn't against Gardner Webb or or Furman. Like this is a big time Power Five, consistent top fifteen program, and they just showed and they showed up not ready to play. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm ready to pull the plug. Like, I'm ready to pull the plug on this team. Yeah, you have players being like, "Oh, look how little this stadium is." Um, yeah, little uh, stadium. Yeah, and Utah with their backup quarterback punched you in the mouth easily. And not not only with their backup quarterback, they were swapping them out. It was yeah. two backup quarterbacks. Um, Napier ain't it. Graham Mertz ain't it. This that's about it. About with Florida. Um, the, that, that double number penalty was bad, but did you hear the explanation about it? It was even worse. No. They, they were like, oh, actually, he was supposed to wear this number, and that would have been a number that was also on the field. So it would have been yeah. a penalty anyways. You're like, yeah. are you – out of the 100 – you know, out of like – I think it's like 50 analysts you have in your team photo that you wanted to bring in, does anyone know how to operate the special teams? Apparently not. God, like – it's not a good look. Uh, that Florida offensive line was a huge uh, issue for me too. Um, five sacks, seven tackles for yeah. loss, four pass breakouts by the Utes. Um, yeah, I don't know if you, there's this clip from a very long time ago. I believe it was Western Kentucky. Maybe Louisville was playing an SEC team and they were kicking their ass. And then the, the camera came to the sidelines and the guy just goes, they supposed to be SEC. That's just sort of how I felt in this game. I was like, uh, where's I didn't see any physical advantages on, at any level. Um, and you can expect to be outcoached by Kyle Whittingham. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. Um, and one of the best and the most consistent programs in the country. Um, but the this was just I mean, it was just bad from Florida. They just got they just got punked. I I, I can't really think of a better way to explain it. 
Yeah, there was just very bad penalties and short yardages that killed many drives and led to Utah points. Um, I'm not very – Florida's in trouble. They're, Graham Mertz has been a, not a great quarterback, and I knew when he transferred to Florida that it's not going to translate well. It's – the only thing that was a positive from this game is, is Utah's – Utah, regardless who's behind center. Um, they, they were missing their best offensive weapons in this game, and they still won. Mm-hmm. Um and it being like the official first game that kicked off college football, that first play, yeah, oh the bad. money parks this big time big launch down the field score wide open oh my god that was you're like we are so back hello we're back department yeah. I'd like to file a claim that's right yep. yeah yeah might make that the cover for this week's episode um yeah, yeah. and Florida that. McNeese this week and then Tennessee the week after. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Utah, not much to say, obviously, without rising. Um, although, oof. Baylor this weekend. All right, Bears. Have fun. Uh, yeah, they, um, I got some words about Baylor. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we'll we'll get to them. Uh, elsewhere in the SEC, not being able to handle Power Five competition. North mm-hmm. Carolina thirty-one, South Carolina seventeen. Mm-hmm. You can't set me up like that. It was too easy. Um, this was another game that was close, fun, back and forth. Um, South Carolina jumped on them with a uh, second half opening onside kick that the kicker recovered. Love a nice play like that. Um, North Carolina, you got to be ready for that. You're playing the special teams master. Um, have you never heard of Beamer Ball? Yeah, and, and uh, only for South Carolina to immediately give the ball back to them. Yep, and that was sort <laughs> of the problem the whole game. Um, South Carolina's offensive line um, was not good, I believe. Uh, That's according- going to be a backbreaker for this team this season. Yeah, according to reports I heard from the group chat, their best lineman is a Harvard transfer. Um, generally, that's not what you want. Yeah. Um, and that really showed in this game. South North Carolina had nine sacks. Yeah, they had I think sixteen total tackles for yep. losses. Yep. For a, yep. for a defense that was so bad last year, it it was uh, really surprising to see them perform like this. Like, and and if this is not like an outlier of a game, and South Carolina is that bad, um. North Carolina could be dangerous if they have a good defense. If their defense has like half the output it did in this game going forward every week, I would say keep an eye out on this. Because Drake May's great, and they have a pretty good offense. But if that defense gets good, not saying playoffs, but there's a good chance. I like what I'm hearing from that. I mean, they might be the best team in the ACC. I mean, better than Clemson, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they might have a defense. They might have a running back in British Brooks. He looked really good in this game. Um, yeah, same cannot be said about South Carolina. Good Lord. To carry on Spencer Rattler was fine. Like, I, I can't really – you can't really blame Spencer Rattler in yeah. this game. He, he was pretty efficient when he could throw the ball. Yes. Just, he didn't score at all. Super, um, super efficient. 30 for 39. He's going to die if that line doesn't yeah. shape up soon. And it, this team looked more like – a majority of the 2022 season rather than those stellar Tennessee um, Clemson games from last year. Yeah. Um, I just don't, 
just you this just can't happen but, i mean I, I we just said with the utah game like to be that physically outclassed against a, 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 a I mean, worst case, you should be just as talented as this team. Mac Brown yeah. has, done, has, has done a very good job, and they just have not – they just didn't look at it at all. Um, I that, think Bieber needs to um, focus less on making the meme videos for the kids, uh, mm. the office parody videos, and maybe focus more on bringing in talent to protect a quarterback. I don't know. I'm just a guy off the street. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're saying, um, yeah, just a really, really weird game. Kind of a bummer. I was expecting this game to be a little bit better, but uh, North Carolina just came out in the second half, jumped on them real quick. And that was that. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of jumping on them, this game was very close. Boise State even got the lead. And I was like, uh Oh, really? I was like, yes, yes. I was like, boy, it's hitting. Like, it's hitting. It's hitting. Boise State is back. It was six nothing Broncos after the first quarter. They missed the extra point. Um, you're like, okay, do we have a little upset brewing here? Uh, the final score was fifty six to nineteen. We did not have a little upset brewing here. No. Uh, uh, Washington's offense is good. crazy. Good. Wow. Their 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 offense is very very good. Um, and I could see why people were considering this team as a, a playoff dark horse. Yep. Um, this defense did a very good job containing a very well-run offense in the Boise State in the running game. Um, I think they allowed like less than five yards of carry overall. Um, man, dude, Roma Adonze is incredible. They, they got Jalen McMillan is fast. They they got receivers here, and uh, I'm glad Michael Penix is slinging it because he's a great yeah. quarterback when he's not hurt. Yeah, they're yeah when they they're spreading the ball around too. Like they got a lot of good weapons here. It's it's not a one man show. Uh, Penance was great. The rushing attack they didn't really need to do much. Only nineteen carries, um, but still, I mean, Nixon for them had forty eight yards and just six carries. Um, they did like a little wide receiver run with McMillan. Nineteen, yeah. he scooped up a nineteen yard touchdown on that. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty very very impressive by this offense. Um, Boise State. This team is not built to come back on you. Um, and once they got down big, they could not come back. No. Yeah. That, that's but hey, I don't think it's a knock on Boise State. Um, they're going to be a good team, I still think, this year. Uh, they'll be fine. Yeah, Just I, Washington is that good. I did. We, you know, we talked about overreactions. I might be overreacting to this one. I'm like, is Washington the best team in the country? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, they, they have uh, some – I mean, not, they have a pretty easy schedule until Oregon in October. So. Whoa, somebody is disrespecting the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. That's right. That's right. Would be nice to watch that one, but it's on Pac-12 Network. This conference They actually is- have some sneaky games before that Oregon game. Uh, an up-and-coming Arizona is definitely a trap game for them before Oregon. California is pretty good. Well, we're going to get into that during the preview this week, but yeah, cool. I guess, I mean... They scored, we'll see. They, they scored 58 points. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe that. Um That's a future HCC team to you. That's yeah, I mean I don't want to I don't want to disrespect. <laughs> um elsewhere super quickly Nebraska snatched uh defeat from the jaws of victory yet again. 
Uh, they Scott lost. Frost curse continues. Yeah, they lost 13-10 after Minnesota scored 10 points in like a flurry at the end of the game. Um, that was just shouldn't have happened. Um, Miami beat Miami 38-3. Miami covered. Um, Georgia Tech, they were jumping up and down on Louisville. 28-13 and a half. And I was like, is Georgia Tech back? Brent Key's got him going already. Yeah, uh, Haynes King looked pretty good. 313 yards, three touchdowns, the AM transfer. And then they blew that lead and, and Louisville came back and won. Yep. yep. Your 2024 national champions, Notre Dame beat Tennessee State 56 to 3. Um, Sam Hartman has had 11 drives. Nine of them have been touchdowns. So that's, that's, it's, it's great when you play teams like that, isn't it, Ned? Isn't it wonderful where you yeah. just feel so warm and cuddly? Like my offense is really good. Yeah, how did Georgia's game go? It went fine, Ned. We won forty-eight to seven. Thank you for asking. Yeah, there was there was no you weren't sweating it at all at any point. There was definitely some moments of it. It, it felt like the Missouri game last. No, it felt like um the Sanford game last year. Yeah, just it, the the talents on the field. It's just there's a lot of new pieces here for Georgia. So I, I think Carson Beck was having some jitters. Of you know this is my team now and but but they they took off in the second half and they they were fine. Ball state ball state this weekend so yeah another another chance for him for him to get right there. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to everyone's favorite part of the week: studs and duds. Um, my stud is Ches Malusi from Wisconsin. 13 carries for 157 yards, two touchdowns, including an 89 yard touchdown against Buffalo. Uh, Braylon Allen also went 17 for 141 and two touchdowns. Um, I know Fickle and Longo are in there to try to change that offense, but the more things change, the more they stay the same uh, up in Madison. And a nice, consistent ground attack, um, easily put away uh, Buffalo. Who is your stud, Patrick? Um, we talked about him just a second ago. Michael Penix Jr., 29 for 40, 450 yards in the air, five touchdowns. Um, yep. Great job for him. I think he had like a 91 QBR, pretty good. Yep, not bad. And again, that's a good Boise State team. Um, what about your dud? My dud is I had a few options here, but I'm going to stick with the quarterback. And Kyle McCord of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, gee whiz. 20 of 33, 239, which is decent, but not a touchdown. No touchdowns, um, one interception. Mar- so Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. visibly frustrated with him on the sidelines. It's uh, not great. They no, need to get that figured out quick. Ryan Day said both quarterbacks are going to play this weekend. It's Youngstown State. That's a get-right game if there ever has been one. Um, something to monitor. Something to monitor. Uh, my dad is Keon Slovis, only 145 passing yards against a brand new FBS member in Sam Houston State in Provo. It's like, brother, I mean, this is his third school. This isn't a new thing for him. He's been a starter at three different places. Like, this isn't a thing where he's bounced around and never started. And yeah, no touchdowns. And BYU only beat Sam Houston State 14 nothing. Yeah, I'm. Not, I've never really been impressed with Slovis. I just yeah. don't see it, and I'd like it. It's he's an okay cornerback. Impressive or not, fourteen nothing. Yeah, not great. All right, let's talk about badly about another man's job. Let's fire his ass, Patrick. Who's ass are you firing this week? Dave Aranda of the Baylor Bears. Um, gee whiz. 
Yeah. This, if people want to, everyone's talking about Colorado and TCU. Texas State versus Baylor, I think, is almost as this is the biggest upset. This is the biggest upset. Um, Texas State has only been an FBS team for like six years. Yeah, Baylor Um, is is in the the Big Twelve. They like, what are we doing here? Former the TJ Finley is the the Texas State quarterback, so they they got a good guy there. Uh, But Baylor looked awful. It was a very like. It was a gutless performance by Baylor. Um, I don't know what Dave Aranda is doing. There was there was some real promise here for a while. Uh, that they were a very good team, and last year they were not that great, and they are off to a horrendous start this year. And she, and yeah, I, I'm, Blake, he's probably Blake fine. Shaten hurt too. Yeah, and Blake Blake Shaten being hurt is bad. That's not good um, because the backup's not great. So I think Sawyer Robertson's the backup, and he threw a pick, yeah. and I think it was fifty percent in throwing. Yeah, I'm putting a watch alert on Dave Aranda to see how long he. I mean, we'll see if he lasts the season, but if Baylor oh. has not been, he has not kept up to the promises that he put when they um, were fantastic two years ago. At least they get to settle in again to Utah this week. Oh yeah, Yikes. that's, that's going to go great, guys. Yeah. Uh, my fire's ass is Jeff Halfley. Brother, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, the, that was bad too. The lights are too bright. Boston College. Yeah, they, they, they lost to Northern Illinois in overtime at home, Oof. and they are lucky it got to overtime. They had to have, like, you know when you, like, you, you play Madden and the blitz is coming, and then you start, like, scrambling backwards, and then before you realize you're 30 yards behind, uh, uh, behind the line of scrimmage. Boston College did that. The guy heaved it up and it worked. And they converted like a fourth and long and, and, and scored a touchdown to tie the game. And then, yeah, yeah pr- proceeded to lose in, in overtime to Northern Illinois. Um, Rocky Lombardi was Northern Illinois' quarterback. Um, like from, he's been in the league forever. Yeah, from Michigan State fame. Um, this team sucks. Boston College is awful. Um, I like the halfway hire originally. He's from Ohio State. Um, it made sense. But this team has just gotten worse and worse since he's been there. Um, they might lose to Holy Cross this weekend. Holy Cross is a top five FCS team, um, and the top of the FCS, the top of the FCS is just as good as a, a middle of the road MAC team. Um, which oh, what's that? You just lost to. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm monitoring that one. So um, no, no FCS upsets otherwise. Uh, or that's no, not an FCS upset. No FCS upsets in general week one, uh, which was surprising. But we had plenty of people making a fool of themselves online. It's time for a new segment. Um, you know, there's an old tweet that says, one day there's a main character on Twitter. The only goal is to never be it. Um, so we've got our college football main character of the week. Patrick, who's your main character of the week? Uh, there, every oh, I love college football and on the Twitter sphere, just there's something always happening on a Saturday. And I feel like every weekend we have like 42 main characters. Um, One that stuck out to me was Ted Cruz tweeting a picture at the Baylor, Texas state game. Like, you know, it's me. I'm at the Baylor game and everyone loves grilling that neck beard. And so when, when Baylor lost, everyone just started quote tweeting with that picture of him. Just in a suite, just, you know, yeah. Fantastic. 
try to be tough and drink beer by taking the tiniest little sip surrounded by a bunch of burly men. Uh You know, usually if you want that type, if you want that type of content, there's sites you can go to. Um, My, (laughs) my, my, my main character of the week is, is RG three. Um, from Heisman winning quarterback to um, annoying injury prone NFL quarterback to semi annoying color commentator. Um, before the Washington game, uh, the Husky stadium is right on the water. And he was like, I'm going to jump on the water, kind of do like a zany splash thing. Yeah. And he ripped his pants right down the middle. Very funny. My third eye opened. I'm convinced he did this on purpose. The pre rip. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It got, it did get the people going. Um, it, it was pretty funny. You're like, yeah. Oh! oh yeah. It was great. Yeah. The, the comedic timing of it all was like, it was perfect. Yeah. Um, in fact, the fact that's why I think it was real because it was so comical. I was like, they could, they could, you could, couldn't have gone better if they planned it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our week two preview. Our week two preview is brought to you by no one, but it could be you reach out for sponsorship availabilities. We are for sale. Uh, okay, Texas at Alabama. Alabama. I mean, this is this is one of the biggest games of the year. Period. And the fact that we're getting this week two again after last year's uh, epic is a real treat. Um, Alabama is a touchdown favorite, seven points, and this game is at seven o'clock on ESPN. Patrick, neither of these teams really showed us much in week one. Texas actually showed us a little concerning signs with with, with how they just didn't easily put away Rice. Alabama blew out Middle Tennessee State. Is there a chance that Texas pulls off the upset here? I think it might have been last week with Rice, Texas, thinking about this Alabama game a little too much. Uh, Yours might have this game circled. He was 9 of 12 in last year's 20 to 19 loss before getting, you know, knocked out of the game. Um, I think the key for Texas to win this game is they need to attack and attack and attack. Um, they're not going to beat Alabama in the lines. That's not happening. Um, they're not physical enough to bound, pound it away for big yards. They need to throw the ball. Um, the Longhorns are loaded with more than just, you know, Xavier Worthy. Um, they have a Donnie Mitchell, a Georgia uh, transfer who was fantastic for the dogs. Um, Isaiah Naylor, uh, there are tight ends. Um, Jatavion Sanders is great. I want to see them airing it out and you were to beat them with his arm. That's, I think, the only way Tess can win this game. But I, I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I want to hit the Texas back button. I want to do it. I really want to do it. It's there. It's there. Uh, I'm pulling it it's out possible. Of the I'm not saying I, it's not possible, but I just. I, I, I mean, can you. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Colorado, I would love it. Colorado blows out Nebraska. FSU blows out whoever they're playing. Texas beats Alabama. The back of Kane is going to be unbelievable on who's more mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. If, if Texas beats Bama this weekend, I will ride or die that Texas is back all season. Oh, I um, like that. I will let's, ride let's it. Going. Um, yeah, I, I just think uh, the way Alabama is, is structured this year, I just really like that defense. Um, I don't know how much I like Milrow. He didn't have to throw much against Middle Tennessee State. Um, 
So I okay. do, I do have a concern. If, if to your point, yeah, Texas comes out firing. It's four. It's fourteen nothing. Quick. Can he bring the tide back? Um, it's going to be sh- tough. Shoot out. I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, if maybe that Texas offense is all as cracked up to be, and maybe Alabama's defense isn't as good as the hype. I don't know. Um, I, I do wonder if he can lead a comeback like that. He tried to do it against A and M last year. Wasn't great at it. Um, Alabama doesn't have that killer receiver. Uh, or no, emerged quite yet. No, I, I see the path for te- for Texas. I just do think this turns into kind of a smashy, smashy Alabama win. So there's two things I want to take away with Alabama. Um, one is uh, they only had two penalties against Middle Tennessee um, Saturday, which uh, is great because when they played Texas last year, they had 15 penalties. Oh my god, so, they're undisciplined. Yeah. Um, they also had zero turnovers, and Middle Tennessee is actually a pretty quality team that is very good at generating turnovers um, for, like, last year's Miami game. Um, I just – I think Saban is probably at his best when he is underappreciated. And they were actually – as much as, like, Milro didn't put up a lot of good stats, they were very efficient on all offense, and they were pretty sharp – I think the defense is great. Um, I think the defense will be able to handle the Texas offense. And I think it will be close, but I th- Bama's probably going to squeak this one out like they did last year. Um, yeah. After they intentionally injured the quarterback again? Right? That's right. I'm woke. You know what? Fuck it. Texas is going to win this by like Yes, 10. let's go. Let's, let's go. Like, just fuck it, man. Like, they're they're going to... Kool-Aid McKinstry, whatever, dude. Alabama secondary is not that good. That yeah. front seven, that front seven is, is more Dallas Turner specifically is who I'm circling, but eh, the secondary had issues last year. Xavier, I think Xavier Worthy is one of the best receivers in the country too. So yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for putting these big teams to bed early in the season. Yeah. Um, why not? You Get Bama out of here. Let's just I, let's I, let's just close that book. Dab- Dabo Sweeney's dynasty done. It's time to just. Close that big dusty book at Nick Saban's time. It's it's done. Yep. All Saban assistants. Jimbo. Um, no, Kirby no, no, Smart. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, we're closing the book. We're no. slamming shut. <laughs> Kiffin, we're done. Um, you know, at, yeah, as a podcast, I, I, we're going to adopt a pro-Texas stance. Longhorns by 90. Uh, hook them, et cetera. Um, no right. horns down here. No. This is a fun one. Um, Ole Miss yeah. is playing Tulane. Mm-hmm. Re- like this is the type of game you don't see too often. Um, this is on the road for the for the Rebels. Uh, they're favored by seven and a half points. Um, you know this is a nice ranked on ranked game. And splits on doing made the point that Kiffin has been talking this team up for a while. He says like it's like Ole Miss is playing a nine game league schedule. Um, because of how good this Tulane team is, they are fresh off beating the USC in the Cotton Bowl. Um, obviously Ty J Spears isn't there, but, uh, Pratt, their quarterback is still there and they, they handled South Alabama last week. This is not a team you want to overlook. Um, Ole Miss obliterated Mercer, um, scoring 73 points. And I do as much as I, it'd be fun at Tulane one, you know, down goes the sec. I just don't think, I think Kevin's got this team too focused. Uh, yeah. and, 
I think the SEC talent up front for a team that likes to run the ball as much as Ole Miss does is going to be the difference here. I think I think Quinchon Jarkins has a huge game. And, and yeah, that, yeah that, I, that he's due. The, the the running game against Mercer wasn't that great. Um, yeah, I mean, so it doesn't have to be. You know? It doesn't. It doesn't have to be. But it, I think Jarkins will have a good game. Um, I, I think this will be a game of two good quarterbacks duking it out: Jackson Dart and Michael Pratt of the Green Wave. Um, he was pretty good against South Alabama last week. The the, the I, I think the defense of Tulane has has a good like pass rush. Um, I just I think Ole Miss is going to be more explosive in the final quarter of this game, and they're probably going to put this team to bed. Uh, Tulane's still the great, the best G five team there is out there, even if they lose this game, but. Ole Miss is just – they got too much talent on the offensive side of the ball for Tulane to maybe keep up in this game. Yeah, I, I just think that's what it comes down to. Last year's Tulane team against last year's Ole Miss team, yeah. I might be leaning Green Wave. That was a very talented team, and Ole Miss had some issues, but I think Tulane has just lost too much to keep up with the, with, with Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, I, I like Ole Miss by – I like them close game at first. Ole Miss pulls away late. Um, all right, let's get to, this is gonna be my favorite game of the weekend. Uh, cause whoever loses is going to go into an absolute nuclear level panic. Uh, Texas A&M at Miami, uh, A&M is four and a half point favorites. This game is at three thirty on ABC. So everyone is going to get to see this one. Um, I mean, I just, I can't wait for this game to be over and for the loser to have lost um, because everyone is going to be freaking out. Um, who who do you like in this game, Patrick? And um, I think they will look and play like the better team. They have better talent on these rosters. Um, I just, I'm not a big fan of what Chris Ball is doing down in Miami. I think he's kind of a fraud. I would rather, as much as I would love to see Jimbo and Bobby Petrino and that just clown car of coaches lose this game, I, I think the A and M is going to win this game pretty assuredly. Yeah, I I, I think what uh, is it Wegman, Wegman Wegman doesn't matter Wegman's grocery. Um, I think he's going to have a big game. Um, I just don't think Miami has it right now. No. Um, to your to your point. Um, and I think even though whoever loses is going to freak out because they'll be under a lot of pressure, uh, A&M has a lot more pressure right now. I don't – like that That buyout is astronomical. I think even if A&M goes five and seven this year again, I don't think they'll fire Jimbo Fisher because 95 million is 95 million. Um, regardless, like that team is under so much pressure to succeed um, and really compete this year. And losing to a middle of the road ACC team doesn't get you there. Um, So I think they get it done this week. Um, We can talk about the rest of the season later (laughs) Uh, to get into the conference schedule, but they're safe for now. Nothing Miami's done over the past. I mean, two years has really impressed me that much. Um, How soon we forget they got punked by middle Tennessee state last year. Like, I mean, it's embarrassed. Um, Yeah. And you know you, you're Cristobal. You come down. Oh, the U is back. I got all these. Never forget that, that Cristobal wasn't really high on Justin Herbert. Just never forget that. Yep. Yeah. Let's just say enough about how he is as a coach. 
Great call, dude. Yeah, so yeah, I, I just think AM has got it going right now. Um, Bobby Petrino has not tried to usurp Jimbo Fisher in some palace intrigue. There's been no motorcycle wreck. Um, there's been no affair with a volleyball staffer, I believe it was, at, at Arkansas. Um, he has not abandoned an NFL team in the middle of the night yet. Um, so yeah, I, I think for right now, A&M, things are going well. I think they're going to handle business, but on the flip side, mm, just imagine if they lose this game. That is that is just like a nice, warm bath I'm slipping into, just imagining A&M losing this game. That would, I mean, yeah, it would be very funny. Oh, what if they get blown out? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 28 deer going to half and everyone's yeah. laughing at them on Twitter. Yeah. They are going to get cooked. Cause again, this game is on ABC. Everyone's going to be watching this. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my hope is whoever loses it's done in a, in blowout fashion. Yeah. All right. Let's get to some quick hitters. Um, we'll get y'all out of here fairly soon. Um, Auburn at Cal 10. This is 10 30 on Saturday night. Mm. Um, on ESPN, uh, Auburn is six and a half point favorites. Um, are you totally convinced that they're going to be able to handle Cal? Um, uh, maybe it's Cal's a good team, but both of these teams had a very high scoring offense in week zero and week one, 59 points for Auburn against UMass is their best explosion scoring since 2001. Um, Peyton Thorne looks good as quarterback. The running game looks good for the Tigers, but I do think it is going to face a test against one of the best Cal defenses in Justin Wilcox's era. I think the pass rusher for the the Cal Bears need to um, step up a little bit here. Um, but Ben Finley looked great. I think he's a former NC State quarterback. Um, but the real star of this Cal team is a running back, Jaden Ott, who I think will be a force. Um, yep. He had 178 yards last week. Um, with all the hype around Colorado and the Pac-12, I think Cal could make bigger noise with the win against an SEC team. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I I I know it's I know it's just North Texas, and I know it's against a first-year head coach. Um, I don't know the last time I saw a Cal team with an offense like that. Yeah, flat out. Marshawn um, Lynch era. Maybe. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, maybe. But yeah, I mean, Wilcox's calling card has always been he's a defensive guy. Um, he's, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking back at, at their schedules now. They scored 49 points in 2018. So we are talking, yeah, nothing over 40 in 2017. I mean, yeah, so we're talking, okay. Oh, <laughs> they scored 50 against Texas in 2016, lest we forget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're talking seven seasons since Cal's had an offense like this and sure Auburn handled UMass pretty well, um, as you can expect, but on the road, a weird game. I mean, when was the last time an SEC team went out West like this? Um, I think Mississippi state played one of the Arizona's last year, but yeah, um, it's a weird spot for them. Cal's going to be juiced up. Um, I don't know what the Cal crowd is going to be looking like, um, but uh, it, it's an interesting spot. It's definitely something I'm going to keep my eye on um, for sure. Um, elsewhere, Oregon versus Texas Tech. This is at Jerry World. Tyler Shuckbaum. Yeah. Oh. O- Oregon's a six and a half point favorite. Um, a little surprising given that they scored a million points last week and Texas mm-hmm. Tech lost to Wyoming. Um, another 
surprising loss. But again, Wyoming's a good Mountain West team. Um, I think maybe also us included, the vibes were maybe a little too high for Texas Tech <laughs> preseason. Yeah. Um, so they, 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 I put this on the list because this surprised me with how close the spread is. Um, maybe you can chalk a little bit of what Texas Tech did after week one weirdness. But I, I mean, I like Oregon to kind of crush them here. I could see that happening. Um, uh, as I said, Tyler Shuck, the uh, Texas Tech quarterback, used to play for Oregon. Yep. Um, I think he might that might elevate his game a little bit for this matchup. They, they were good against Wyoming last week. They, they had some costly turnovers that might have cost them the game. And, and if you listened last week, I was saying Wyoming was a very good team defensively and would cause problems for Texas Tech. Um, Oregon's a much better team here, I think. Uh, they're probably going to win this game. I more than likely, Bo, I would take Bo Nix as the quarterback to win. Um, I would not be surprised if Texas Tech kind of first half keeps it close and you know makes us talk about like, huh, what's going down in this game, and then Oregon just you know opens up the second half. Um, but it, it is a very interesting matchup with the spread. But I, I I think Oregon is definitely a touchdown favorite in this game. Yeah, I I just I mean I'm looking at the score the ESPN score page right now. Bodacious. We got Bo Nix Heisman ads everywhere right now. I think we're just gonna keep it up. Or yeah. he's gonna he's gonna have they're gonna score an eighty two points this week. That would be nice. Um, Highest right. offense ever. Let's get to a game I'm not at all worried about at all. I don't know why you would say that I'm worried about it. Um, Notre Dame travels down to Raleigh to play NC State. Um, NC State really struggled with UConn last week. Um, couldn't put them away. It was kind of in a dogfight longer than they probably anticipated. Um, Notre Dame has played absolutely nobody. And Notre Dame is only seven and a half point favorites on the road. Noon kickoff. Um, I'm, a little, I'm a little worried. That is a weird line, um, especially for a team that's led by Brandon Armstrong, who might be not who we thought he was. Um, yeah, good good with his legs. I, I, th- I think the dual threat possibility could give Notre Dame problems. But that uh, that's more my worry. NC State has, is, is supposedly have a, a really good defensive line, but they gave up over six yards of carry to UConn. Um, Notre Dame has... Uh, two future first round draft picks on their offensive line. Yeah. And Audrey Gestime, I'm going to guess the, they, might, they might be a little bit better uh, on the ground than UConn. It might be a I, hot take, but I don't think that um, Notre Dame is going to have issues with this game. Um, you're just, what I am worried you're about just is it right now. You I know. Bitch. I know. You son of a bitch. Uh, what I am worried about, and uh, from what I watched Notre Dame, is when they when Notre Dame gets tempo and rhythm, they are very. They're almost. They're elite. They're very good. But whenever they come across a team that kind of throws you know a wrench and how their game plan and they stop them from making quality drives, they have issues. Um. And just say it's not gonna not gonna be this team this week. Yeah. Just yeah. My my thing is now with the new clock rules, um, I just worry that you can really shorten a game and if, if you you know, you you can't get a neutral in the first quarter, all of a sudden, you know, you've got the ball three times in the in the half and you know, it it doesn't matter how good you are, you're you're looking at maxing out seven points. Um 
that's my worry a little bit, but um, it, if the spread is just so close, it makes me nervous, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I hope, hopefully Notre Dame handles them. Um, they have been able to rotate a lot of guys. I mean, they've just blown out, like I said, two nobodies. So team's very fresh despite having played twice. Um, hopefully that is an advantage. Um, we'll see. Um, real quick, uh, SMU at Oklahoma. Oklahoma 17-point favorites after like 73 to nothing last week against uh, Arkansas State, which isn't so remarkable, but Oklahoma kind of really struggled to score last year, so just seeing them put up 73 on anyone, much less a, a G5 team. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they'll lose SMU or anything like that, but just interested to see uh, how that uh, continues. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel's doing pretty well for them as quarterback, so I, I think they'll win this game pretty handedly. Um, yeah. There are some other like really quick games that I think should be on people's radars. Um, Colorado, Nebraska. Big noon, Fox. Um, let's see if Colorado can keep that momentum did, going forward. Did they win last week? Uh, I think so. I, oh, I don't, interesting. Maybe. I haven't, I haven't really seen too much about that. Oh, yeah. Look um, at that. They beat, they beat Texas Christian. Is that like is that an FCS team? It's, yeah. It's like some kind of Christian school of some oh, sort. Okay, yeah. Probably somewhere out, where, out there in the Oklahoma panhandle, something like that. Yeah. 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 Right, well, probably nothing to worry about. Um, um, we also have the game of the the sickos game of the year, El Asico, Iowa, Iowa State, three thirty on Fox as well. Donald Trump's going to beat this game, folks. Working and, those primaries, you know what I mean. And, um, and five Iowa State starters will not be after pleading guilty to underage gambling. Yes. Um, yep. This is this game is going to like there there have been some bad El Asicos. Um, this one is going to be truly vile. Yeah. Um, What's the total for this game? Oh my god, thirty six and a half. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, last and, Northwestern Rutgers last week was thirty nine. Mm. So we're we're sitting a solid field goal <laughs> Northwestern Rutgers. Uh, one one last one for me is to go hand in hand with Colorado. The other big upset team, Texas State, is playing UTSA, which is a very good team. So that is something to watch as yeah, well. I think that is one. also at 3.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Purdue, Virginia Tech at noon, ESPN2. That's a good one. That's a, I thought about mentioning that, but yeah. So Tech pulls it out. Maybe Tech's back. If Tech well. beats a good Purdue team, I, I'm going to start looking up with Brent Pry. Yeah. Um, Purdue lost to Fresno State last week. That's another head scratcher. But lucky for them, there was much worse losses throughout the day. So mm-hmm. they, they kind of got to sneak under the radar there and not really get roasted like uh, like your Baylors or your Boston Colleges or your, your Clemsons. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, as always, we want to keep you updated on the Brian Ferentz uh, points tracker. As a reminder, Iowa needs to score 325 total points. Uh, that can be on defense and special teams. That is 25 points a game, uh, you know, times 13. So they are projected to make a bowl game with that, and they have to win at least seven games. Um, last week, they went out through the very fir- the first opening season opening drive touchdown pass in like 30-some years, and then uh, proceeded to only score 17 more points. So they are behind pace, and he needs 25.1 points a game the rest of the way to keep them on track to keep his job. Only six more wins, though, so it's good to knock that out of the way. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, let's get to some listener questions and get y'all out of here. Um, after week one, which coach is on the hottest seat and why is it Dabo? That's from our friend Tony. Um, I have to agree. It's because God hates him now. Yeah, uh, not looking great for Dabo, man. He's. It might be a Mac Brown situation where they're going to let him ride for a while, or Frank Beamer, but it's oof. And losing a Duke like that, big yikes. Yeah, I mean, he, he said we're going to go outside the family. He's going to hire Garrett Riley from TCU to, to fix things, and that was a bold move for him. But, you know, obviously he's a legend. He's got two national championships, many a ton of playoff appearances. But um, You can hire the greatest offensive mind coach out there, the times. but you can have him play, you know, be the coach, but with the talent they have offensively, he's not going to be able to do much with it. Nope. All right. Um the next question is from Frazier. He says, is Duke back? Yes. I don't see any evidence to the contrary. I don't know if they've like ever been back before in football, but they're back. They're never like, yeah, they've never been more back. Yeah. Yeah, have they ever been good in football? Even when Daniel yeah, Jones there. Maybe a long time oh, ago. That one year they lost to Johnny Manziel in like the Peach Bowl or something. That's right. That's that, right. That was that was something. I remember yeah, I remember that game. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, who is the next team to fall out of the top 25 and who's the next one in? Um, Colorado. <coughs> oh, <yeah. coughs> sorry. Um, yeah, Colorado first one out and give me Iowa, baby. Yeah, I was gonna go with Iowa and to be the first one in. And you know what? I'll just, uh, I mean, I guess given our, progno- our prognosis, it should be Tulane more than likely. Um, since they're facing off with Ole Miss and Tulane yeah. 24th right now. But I'll just hope this happens and say Miami wins and knocks Texas A&M out of there. That's what I'm hoping for. That would be great, too. There's some really funny bottom-the-barrel ranking teams here. Clemson, A&M, Colorado. Ooh, that's something we didn't mention for our, for our in-state listeners. James Madison is a touchdown favorite against UVA this weekend. Oh, my God. Yeah. James like, Madison's good at football. I'd like as much as it – we like to laugh about James Madison. They're good. Yeah. And I mean, Jesus. UVA is bad. That's in Charlottesville too. And James is, uh, I looked at, it's now a six point favorite because I think uh, UVA's uh, musket, their quarterback had some injury concerns, but it looks like he's going to play. So yeah, that's, that's something to monitor. That is. James Madison is receiving votes to be in the top 25. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I saw that, and that's what jogged my memory about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas State, two votes. Good for them. That might never happen again. Mm-hmm. So you should probably enjoy that while you can. Um, all right, we will let you all get out of here. Uh, good week this week. Really nice week, too. Um, week one, you're always sort of drinking from the fire hose. You don't really care what's on. You're just happy football's back. Uh, but a bad week, too. A bad week too. You're just like, oh god! Like, can we get to the good stuff already? But we got it. We got a good slate balance throughout the day. I mean, and ending with Texas, Alabama at night. What what more can you ask for?
Say